Hello, and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 174 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Tarot Fears. And my very special guest is none other than Elliot Adam. Hello, Elliot. Hello, Teresa. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to be back talking to you again. I love this podcast so much. And I love any excuse to talk to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for people who are listening, I'm just, I'm just doing this as an excuse to hang out with Elliot. <laughs> but actually, all, jo- <laughs> all joking aside, um, I, I think talking about tarot fears is such an important topic because, you know, some people are truly afraid of tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned tarot cards and are like hissing and putting their fingers into a little cross and being scared or mm-hmm. I've had people like even walk away if I pull a card out. So where do you think this fear comes from? Why do you think some people are so scared of tarot cards? Well, uh, we just have to look at popular culture and how tarot is uh you know, presented. And if you watched movies growing up in the 80s, there was always that ghastly woman who was with got the raspy voice and she's turning over a tarot card. And what we see is a death card or uh, some sort of uh, picture of suffering. And of course, that's going to pretend the person that you're asking about is going to die. And so I think that popular culture is kind of, you know, saturated people. And um, that's, that's their first, you know, gut instinct toward it. There's also some religions that might be intolerant to tarot and tarot symbolism, and they, you know, tell their members that that's something to be suspicious of or frightened of. Um, there's there's a lot of reasons for it, and sometimes it's just people's personal experience with reading tarot. If you've ever gotten those little white books that come with your tarot deck, uh, you know, especially back in the day, uh, you would look up a card like the Eight of Swords, and it would say something like death, ruination, disaster, and despair, and that's it. <laughs> and so you're like, well, I guess I'm screwed. Uh, and it just is a really frightening, uh, you know, thing to confront when you're asking about something you're feeling really vulnerable about. Um, so if you're asking about, you know, how will I be in this new life that I'm starting, and you get the Eight of Swords and the little white book says those uh, horrible words. Uh, you'll think, well, God, I feel hopeless. I feel terrible. And um, there's just a lot of fear about tarot. And that's actually why I wrote my book. Uh, I wrote a book called Fearless Tarot, and it's hitting the shelves this October. And it really confronts a lot of these tarot fears. And it also helps you confront some of those more frightening cards with those traditional uh, words that are a little bit more negative. And it instead, uh, it's instead helps you uh, look at them in a more positive way and use those cards constructively. Because the thing you're afraid of is actually where your breakthrough is going to happen. You know, Eleanor Roosevelt said, always do the thing you're afraid to do. And I think that um, if you're able to confront the fear, you've got a big breakthrough coming through for you after that. Absolutely. And I'm also the belief if I see something in the cards for myself or for someone else that looks uh, scary... Uh, I see it as kind of like, this is a warning bell. This is an opportunity to turn things around. This is an opportunity maybe to change things. I never look at it like, well, you're screwed. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute, we can turn things around. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, there are some situations where we do feel powerless. But then the 
the thing we can look at is, well, how are we reacting to the situation? You know, so those scary cards can oftentimes be an opportunity. Absolutely. I'm nodding my head in agreement. Absolutely. In fact, I think the real healing in a reading happens with those quote unquote negative cards. I think that when they come up, uh, it is really shining a light on something that needs to feel resolved in you or that you need to uh, overcome in order to get past your own blockages. So I am a big proponent of using those negative cards as opportunities. Absolutely. So if you encounter someone, let's say you come up against someone who says, listen, I'm really scared of these. They're against my religious beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you say to somebody who has that mindset? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say uh, that I know how that feels because actually when I was growing up, I found my first uh, deck of tarot cards in a house I moved into in an attic. And I started to read them, and my family was severely religious. They were fundamentalist Christian. And they actually threw my tarot cards away. And it wasn't until my brother came back from the service and heard I did tarot cards, and he was in Germany, and he met some tarot readers out there, and he said, that's so cool. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to take you to uh, Three Fates, which was a store in Milwaukee that you know very well. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm going to buy you a new deck of cards and a book, and just don't tell anybody. And what ended up happening was as I started reading cards, uh, it ended up helping the people around me. And those same family members who threw the cards away ended up falling in love with tarot. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to get that awareness sometimes and show people this is actually not so frightening um, is is a way to kind of get them on board with it. But some people are just going to be intolerant. And um, those are the kinds of clients that you probably don't want anyway. If someone is so fixed in their beliefs and not open-minded and has already judged you and what you do, and they're bringing a lot of negative baggage with them, um, I don't think it's, it's, you know, even worth your time to uh, try to appease them or uh, validate yourself if they are closed off to you. And also sometimes if you're trying, you know, if you've got someone, this is my, my thought, who's really scared and they're freaked out, or maybe it's against their beliefs. And you're trying to like talk to them about it. Oftentimes then it becomes a situation where you feel like you are trying to convert. And I am not mm-hmm. a believer in that. Me neither. I'm always a believer of like, look, if this is against your belief system, if this is something that you feel is negative or it's going to harm you spiritually, by all means, leave it alone. Then you've got to, you've got to go on the path that's really going to help you. I don't think trying to convert leads to a good reading. And I think bringing yes. somebody in who's fearful and trying to show them, hey, this is cool. I mean, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really work. No, it doesn't. And they're just going to be resistant anyway. And in your work, you know, if you're doing your work with excellence, you're going to attract the type of people that you want to attract to you. Mm -hmm. And you're going to repel the sorts of people that you don't want around you anyway. And so um, if somebody is intolerant to your tarot uh, reading or whatever, Uh, you do not need to convert them. You do not need to bring them on board. You can just let them go and, you know, bless them and move on and and help the people that are coming to you. It's so interesting because I come from a very religious background too, just like you, but my family was really super Roman Catholic. Mm. And, 
you know, the interesting thing, also they're very superstitious. They're farm people and farm people, you know, they have their farmer's almanac. Um, they look to omens. They Dreams were important. If, if there was something where they had a feeling about it, that was really honored and valued. So when I started picking up tarot cards as a teenager, they didn't bat an eye. They didn't care. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no interest in it, you know. And, well, of course, they were busy with all their other issues and drama. So I really was allowed to do this without any interference. And I never came across anybody who was scared of it until mm-hmm. much later in the game. So I went through my early developing years as a tarot reader with absolutely no fear around it. No, none of this, oh my God, it's against a certain belief. And so I really did find that was a very interesting thing to encounter when I started reading for the general public. And I think maybe even being Catholic uh, early on informed your tarot readings because the Catholic church is full of rich and beautiful symbolism. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are so many beliefs that are kind of interwoven into that, uh, church experience. So, um, I can absolutely see how, uh, that might've even made you a better reader that you would have been so adept at looking at these symbols because you're confronting them in your church. Also, the other thing with the Catholic religion, and I mean, I just speak for my experience in a way it is kind of, um. It's a superstitious religion. I mean, think about it. You're lighting a can. My mother and grandmother were always lighting candles to this saint or that saint Mm -hmm. to try to petition them to do them favors. I mean, think Mm -hmm. about that for a second. So I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, so anyhow, I never ended up having any of the fears. And I just found it fascinating to come across so many people who did. Yeah. So let's talk about some of these cards, too. I think sometimes people are afraid of tarot because, like you said, of popular culture or because of their belief systems. But also sometimes some of these images are pretty scary. And I've talked with um, Meg Jones-Wall in a previous podcast about scary tarot cards. But I'd love to talk about this again, and I'd love to get your perspective. So there's certain cards that people see. And this is, I think, what also makes them feel like, oh, my God, tarot is evil. Yes. Um, It's scary. And, you know, one of them is the death card, which you mentioned. So tell me about the death card and why it's so scary Mm -hmm. and why, in your opinion, it's actually not scary at all. Well, um, death is a little scary, even for me when I see it. If I flip over the death card in my own reading, I'm more likely to be nervous about it than if I do for another person. Uh, Death is a symbol of change. And I really think that it's so, uh, so amazing that the card that represents change most in the tarot is symbolized by death. It really does symbolize a death or a finality of an old way of being. And human beings, even when they're making changes towards something positive, change is scary. And new is not always very comfortable. And so that death card is starkly, you know, calling your attention to a major change. But there's also, especially in the Rider Waite uh, tarot, there's these little symbols that kind of help you through uh, the imagery uh, that, that bring new hope. I mean, we got that sun. It could be rising. It could be setting. But it really doesn't matter because as the sun sets here, it rises over there. And what this is always indicating is the light returning and a new beginning and rebirth. And the sun is born anew every day. Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of feel that uh, the the reason it's so frightening is, number one, the word death. Um, yeah. If you think back on the times in your life when you're confronting death, they're sad times or challenging or difficult or they conjure up feelings of grief. Um, but death is always followed by a rebirth. 
And, um, you know, every time the death card comes up in a reading, uh, to at least console some of the listeners out there that are just getting familiar with tarot, it of course does not mean somebody's going to die. If that were to happen, I'd have clients dropping dead every day, uh, <laughs> when the card shows up. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't literally mean death, uh, in most cases. And that's the thing about tarot symbolism is that it is symbolism. It is not meant to be taken literally, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. And if you take your symbols literally, uh, you're going to get into some trouble because you're going to, you know, start uh, looking at things in a worst case scenario. Yeah. And that never helps. It's interesting too. I think in our culture too, we live in a very death adverse culture. Absolutely. We, you know, if somebody's dying, we will do everything to keep them alive. We will put them through horrible treatments and surgeries and things because we are so freaked out about it. We will extend their suffering. And I find that very, very troubling. And we look at death as this terrible thing, and we don't look at it as a rite of passage, which Absolutely. in my opinion, it's a rite of passage. And there's a book by Stephen Jenkinson called Die Wise which is a really brilliant book about grief and dying and Mm. about, you know, looking at it. it, it, He looks at it from a very different perspective. And I think that that's a book that people should read because when I look at the death card, I don't look at it like, Oh my God, someone's dying. How terrible. You know, I look at it like, ah, change is here. It's on the way. And I tend to also look at death like that as well you know, yes, there can be sad things because you're not going to see that person again, but they are going on to a completely different life is how I look at it. So there's, it's an end of suffering to me. And I think if we look at death in our culture through a more compassionate lens instead of a fear-filled lens, I think the death card could really be then looked at for, from tarot readers from a very different perspective. Absolutely. And you even speaking about death in that way, Uh, probably reveals that you've dealt with real death in your life. Mm -hmm. And you did get to see it as a release. And you do get to see the blessing that happens in that transformation. And if you haven't confronted death, uh, or if you've confronted death, and it was a very traumatic experience, uh, it will conjure up those images of, you know, uh, this is just terrible and devastating. But, you know, if I see a death card appear in a tarot reading, it's a potent card. Yes. And it really makes you pay attention. You really do snap your attention at it and say, okay, this is important. And the cards for me that appear around the death card will really highlight where that major change is really taking place. And you also said a little something there, and I don't know if I caught it really right. Um, so I, I hope I don't get this wrong. But you said something in there about uh, death that a uh, kind of caught my attention a little bit and then it quickly you as we kept talking it quickly left my mind but (laughs) oh um about people sometimes if they have a bad experience how yeah yeah. and so think about that too if we have a bad experience with a death in our lives and so many people do i mean when my Mm -hmm. friend died of a heroin overdose a couple years ago Mm -hmm. i'm still very haunted i don't even like talking about that still to this day it was a Mm -hmm. very tragic situation and, you know, it, again, I have a different perspective on death, but if that was one of my first experiences with death, I might be looking at this card very differently if I came to tarot after that. Absolutely. And so let's, let's, let's use another card for an example, too. Another one that people tend to really have a negative attitude about is the devil card. 
you know? Oh, yeah. And, and so in certain religions too, you know, they see tarot as devilish uh, or the devil's tool. And then here's that devil card. So how mm-hmm. do we rectify this devil card? Well, you see those two figures who are chained to the devil's throne and immediately it gives you the sense of they're in bondage, they're trapped. And the devil can symbolize addictions or repetitive behaviors that are destructive or negative beliefs. Uh, But the devil, one of his major titles in uh, popular culture and religion and history is the father of lies. And so whenever I see the the, uh, devil card, I usually think that there's some sort of deception happening here. Either there's a self-deception or a lie that one's believing that they're powerless or that they're in bondage to something. But when you look closely at that uh, devil card and you see those figures with the chains around their neck, the chains that they wear are so loose. They can just slip out of them at any time. They can decide, you know what? I'm done being in hell. I'm going to take the chain off and I'm going to leave. And so when I see the devil card, I really feel like hell is a choice. And if you're Mm -hmm. living in hell, uh, you're choosing it. And you can decide uh, by making an empowered decision to free yourself from that chain whenever you want to. And the devil only appears so frightening because uh, he represents our shadow self, which is always telling us the lie. And I like to tell people when I see the devil card, you know, everybody's got an angel on their shoulder and everyone's got a devil on their shoulder. Everyone's got this voice that's uh, trying to help you rise above and be better and improve and do more. And then everyone's got a voice that's like, you can't do this. You're worthless. You can't make that happen. Oh, why even try? Because this could happen again. And so it really is up to you which voice you're going to listen to. And I think if you're listening to your more empowered voice, uh, you're, you're going to make your uh, greater breakthrough. And also the devil, he is a mirror image of that lover's card. Yes. So we see the two lovers who are, you know, beautifully, you know, formed on the card and you have this, you know, magnanimous angel above them, blessing them. Uh, that's the angel on your shoulder. That's the higher self. That's your, your wiser, best self. And the double is the contrast. He's the other side. He's that uh, pendulum swinging to the opposite direction. And so you really do have a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And also when I look at like the devil, I see how it is similar to the lovers, but it's also similar to the Hierophant. It's similar to the moon as Mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's all these cards where there's this big spiritual figure in the moon. Some people might not see it as spiritual, but I do. And then you've got these two other figures who are, you know, looking up at it and. Oh, the wolf and the dog. Yes. Yeah. And even the chariot. I mean, think about that. We got that figure and we got the two sphinxes right down at the bottom. So every one of those cards do also, I mean, even the six of pentacles, they all have that little, uh, and the five of pentacles. You can, you can find so many things. I mean, we could go on a a whole nother thing. I know. Because, (laughs) and and that's why I love tarot. It's so fascinating. But those are Mm -hmm. two cards that I think really freak people out. And also, uh, and that's because again, of popular culture or beliefs. But I think also there's some cards that people, they just look at and they're scared, like the Three of Swords. And oh, the Three absolutely. of Swords, like I had a client who was convinced his wife was cheating on him. Mm-hmm. And the Three of Swords came up. All the other cards were great. And he pointed to that card. He was freaking out. And I said, listen, I think that's your fear. Mm-hmm. I think this is your fear. This is your anxiety. This is you bringing this in here because everything else looks good. But he couldn't get that Three of Swords out of his head. So, I mean, he's still like 
convinced and being paranoid. I mean, when you look at a card, if a client looks at a card and says, hey, this card, the Three of Swords looks really, this looks really scary. This is messed up. I don't care about all the other good cards. I mean, that's very fear-based. What do you say to that? Absolutely. Uh, you bring up something really interesting that uh, here this client's life looked wonderful. And this Three of Swords comes up. And that was what he was stuck on was the sense, uh, sense of betrayal, a love triangle, his wife is cheating. What tarot card readings do is they reflect the state of mind of the client at the time of the reading. And what they do is they show you right on the table in front of you, your own fears, your own baggage, and all the things you bring with you. Uh, this is a little off topic, but love readings, for example, say somebody just met a new person and in the opposite extreme, they are so feeling great about this relationship. It's positive. Uh, they're so excited. It hasn't really played itself out yet. And they want a reading about it. And then you pick the Ace of Cups and you're like, wow, it looks like there's a new person here and it looks very positive. Uh, we have to wait and see how things are going to go, but but this is a nice start. Let's Let's see this develop. And let's just say that three weeks later, that client calls you back and says, that person's not returning my texts. They're not coming back. I thought the Ace of Cups was this really great new beginning. And what I try to tell people is that the Ace of Cups was true at the time you got that reading. That's how you were feeling. And the reading was reflecting back to you what you brought with you to that session. And so if you're bringing something positive, you're going to see that reflected back. But you shouldn't forgo your common sense. And in the case of the Three of Swords, it is kind of a scary looking image. we got a heart there. There's three swords driven through it. And it's interesting. The heart is floating. Uh-huh. And here the swords, which represent thinking, your mindset, they're driven through the heart and they're weighing the heart down. They're weighing it down so much that the heart is not able to float above the clouds and rejoin the sunlight. It's under that pelting rain. And the only way for that heart to rise above those clouds is to let go of those swords. Mm-hmm. And the swords usually represent past trauma, something negative from the past. And for the heart to heal, for it to rise above those clouds, it's got to let go of those swords. But here's the challenge. Swords also represent power. And sometimes we think in our heart, if we hang on to something that hurt us, that was negative, well, somehow we're more powerful. We're the moral victor. We're not the jerk. Or we're going to be ready for the next thing that happens. But all it does is it keeps us in a state of suffering. And if uh, people have the Rider Waite Smith deck and you look at this Three of Swords, one interesting symbol I've found on it is that you have these three complete clouds at the top of the card, but behind the heart, there's an incomplete cloud. There's a cloud that's not fully formed. And again, when we're looking at the element of air, it's our thoughts. And for me, that incomplete cloud for me just symbolizes that the future is still not yet made, that you can still form new thoughts about how you want your life to go. And you can still make new choices in order to heal. Um, So I just think uh, the Three of Swords is just loaded with cool symbolism. And if you can look at it in that empowering way and realize, you know, maybe I'm doing this to myself. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm staying in this situation because I'm hanging onto the sword because I think it's going to make me more powerful somehow. And once you confront your own motivations for hanging onto something that's bringing you pain, uh, then maybe you can also release it. I love that. And also, I have the Radiant Rider-Waite-Smith deck in front of me. And this is a very colorful adaptation of the Rider-Waite-Smith deck. Mm -hmm. And 
behind that, I see the, the cloud you're talking about, but there's also like rays of light. Oh, wow. And one of the things that I always like to say about this is sometimes we actually need a storm to clear the air. I love that. You know, we need that because think about it when the air is heavy and it's damp and it feels very oppressive, but once Absolutely. it rains, then suddenly we just feel relief. And also the other thing is with the three of swords, there's no blood in that heart, mm-hmm. even though it's pierced. And so mm-hmm. I also think that that's very interesting. There's no blood lost here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's so many ways you can look at these cards. I love that. And here's the great thing about talking to other readers is I maybe, I maybe would not have had that perception, but then hearing uh, your wisdom after working with this card for so many years, uh, it really adds to my knowledge. And I just, I just love that. Um, and the storm clearing the way that you mentioned, how, you know, how appropriate when we look at the tower as well, another card yes. of clearing and, you know, storms and challenges and, and the positive new beginnings that happen uh, after you're out of that mental prison uh, of denial that you're stuck in and coming back to earth. I just love it. Tarot symbolism, it really does speak to the deepest level of us. And I think that's why it's really stood the test of time. I agree a million percent about that. And I mean, I love your looking at that incomplete cloud, which I frankly never looked at before. So that's given me a new perspective. And that's like you said, it's a wonderful thing is when we get a reading from a different reader or we talk with other readers or read their books, we have an opportunity to expand our our understanding of tarot and the different ways it can be looked at. And you've got, you mentioned it briefly, you've got a book coming out. And I already read this book, and I got uh, the privilege of writing the foreword for it. And it's called Fearless Tarot. And I think this book is going to do a lot of good for tarot readers and people who are curious about tarot. So I would love love it if you would just give my audience a sneak peek and tell them what this book is all about. <laughs> well, um, the book is based on... Uh, my blog, uh, which I wrote to help people with their tarot fears, actually, Uh, which was, you know, if we're going to get the five of cups in a reading or the eight of swords, uh, how are we going to take that information and apply it in a way that doesn't make us feel defeated? Because a lot of the interpretations that were out there, either online or in books, kind of gave that sense of, you know, things aren't going to get better, or that there's some negativity. Uh, Recently, there's been a lot of tarot work done with looking at some of these challenging symbols in a much more empowering way. And that's what my book does. It really kind of looks at the most frightening cards and it it takes the fright out of those cards. Um, I really got to thank you as well for writing the foreword, which was just brilliant. It talks about how you saw me in a tea house when I was 16 years old, 20 something years ago. And it was just wonderful to have you write that. So thank you so much. Well, I am such a fan of your work. I've been a fan for such a long time from that first reading in the tea house, because I think (laughs) your perspective is very healing. And I think right now with the way things are going, we really need less fear. And I think this book is going to be one that inspires people to look at the tarot, but also to look at their lives in a very empowered way. So I want to thank you for writing it. Oh, well, thank you. And I mean, it's just a great book to help you guide yourself. If you're doing some readings for yourself, and you need an objective perspective that isn't based on negativism. You know, a lot of us really, um, we start to believe things that are negative before we believe something that's positive. 
I think we're kind of conditioned in our society too to be skeptical of everything, which I, I think is so valuable. It's good to be skeptical. You should not, you know, believe everything wholeheartedly is going to be positive and roses. Uh, but you should also be rational when confronting something challenging or when confronting a symbol even that looks negative and and not really just go to the worst case scenario right away, but to appear or to look at it with with some balance. And that's what the book helps you do. It helps you shine a light on your greatest fears as you're reading your own cards. Uh, and it helps uh, arm you with important symbols on each of the cards, even the negative ones. It shows the little hidden symbols that that uh, actually help you free yourself from the challenge. So I just loved writing it. And uh, I am so excited about it coming out. It's already available for pre-order too on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Llewellyn's website. Uh, so I hope people do check it out. Well, I think it's going to be a book that people do need. And I think another perspective uh, for tarot readers, you know, if you are a professional, we always want to look for the most empowering way to work with our clients. And the book will help them with that. But mm -hmm. I also think if you are someone that tends to be really a pessimist and you're only going to see the negative, because there are people like that. They're like, mm -hmm. they're like Eeyore. They're only going to see the negative. <laughs> I think having a book like this can also get them out of that mindset and give a very neutral and proactive and empowering perspective when your own negativity is getting in the way. So I, I just, again, want to thank you for writing it. And Elliot, if people want to work with you, uh, they want to interact with you, where can they find you? Well, absolutely. Um, if you want to schedule a reading with me, uh, you can go to elliotoracle.com. That's with two L's and one T. Uh, I have tons of free material online about all of the cards that we're talking about. Uh, I have little video clips for each of the cards, too, that really break the card down within a minute and tell you uh, everything you need to look at with it. Uh, I also love, love, love my Instagram page, which is also under the same name, Elliot Oracle. Uh, so if you want to uh, communicate with other people in the tarot community uh, or, or just follow me there, uh, it's a great place to hang out. So that's where you can find me. And um, that's a good place for people to go because I've known Elliot for many, many years. And Elliot is one of my most trusted readers. So people make sure you visit Elliot Oracle and get your hands on Fearless Tarot. Whether you're listening to this podcast before the book comes out or after it comes out, it is going to help you with your tarot interpretations. Um, so again, Elliot, thank you so much for writing that. And thank you for joining me here today to talk about tarot fears. It is my pleasure. And thank you, my great friend of so many years. It is always a joy to talk to you. Absolutely. All right, people, that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And remember, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, other books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening, and I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you enjoy the podcast, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, 
Well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending. 